Hey everyone, I'm Ryan. Hum. And I'm Steven. This is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. There you go. That was something. <laughs> Do you think it's ethical for someone to go and flip uh, one of the pedals with our pictures on it for $2,000, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> Damn, <laughs> you're just uh, you're just going for it. Um, so the the this was such a weird thing to see. Yeah, super weird. Yeah, this was a couple weeks battles. back, uh, and I I, uh, I think it was interesting because of the reaction to it on our Facebook group, and there was some real yeah there was some legitimate yeah. debate going on because obviously there was some negative reaction to so someone bought one of these. There was only t- ten of these sold. Someone bought one. Yeah. And immediately tried to flip it on Reverb for two thousand bucks. Um, yeah, <laughs> I I would not have had a. I'm just going to cut to like this is sure. the end. I'm not even going to discuss this. Uh, I would not have had a problem if somebody would have bought one of these and then said, you know what, I bet I could get four hundred dollars for this. Mm, yeah, and relist it for four hundred dollars. It's a bit fast. The idea of like you bought it and it's listed like a day after you probably received it is dicey, right? You know, I think that's very, uh, very weird. I, I, whatever. But being a partial owner, right? Uh, I got a fifty-fifty for free, right? And I sold it for three hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. Like, well, like most most of the time, we're like, I mean, if people want to flip, they're gonna flip. You can't stop them. Yeah. But it was, it felt extra weird to us, and I think a lot of other people, because it was like it was a charity thing, and it's like this person yeah. is trying trying to make probably more money than the charity got with the sale of one pedal versus all ten of them. Yeah. So, so I caught wind of this listing from. I want to say Philip Carter from 40 Watt, who you're on his show that just yeah, was yeah. released recently. It was a good episode. Um, Everyone go listen to it. I think he was the one who sent it. He posted it in a, on a Discord server I'm on. And um, hopefully I got that right and it wasn't somebody else. Um, it may have been... It was either Philip or it was David um, Ishikawa mm. who posted it. I think I, I probably butchered that last name because I'm trying to do it from memory. Um, but uh, I don't I don't have I don't necessarily have a problem with people. I think it sucks when people buy something and you can tell they are buying it for the purpose of flipping. It was a you speculative know? investment. Yeah, but what's insane to me the the part about this I found appalling wasn't the flip. It wasn't even that there's a charity. You know, sure, it's a charity uh, thing. Um, it wasn't. Uh, it it was uh, and yeah, you're absolutely right because I I I got this and I sent it to Grant and Grant straight up said like this is more money than I raised for charity. Right, like the listing for this is more money, and the original listing, the guy just looked like he had copy pasted off of the description off of the Big Ear site and right. taken parts out of it. But like the last paragraph was this was a charity. It said like this was a charity pedal for sweet relief da, 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 da. and it's like dude so you're basically saying like you bought this purely as speculative and i know people do this all the time sure. right you know and with the pedal honestly, movie like it's it's fine like if people want to try to flip things like we we accomplished what we were trying to accomplish by selling it 
We raised the yeah, money for the charity. Yeah. It's now his possession, and he can do what he wants with it. But it feels so icky, especially when it's something you're connected to. Like someone, you know, someone, you know, when all the flipping was going on with the uh, the Bliss factories and stuff like that, it was like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that sucks, but, you know, whatever. Like, people are going to pay it. Like this, I think there's something so car- cartoonish about $2,000 for it. <laughs> too <laughs> yeah like, yeah and and that's the thing it's like and, and it's the a very Bliss factory it's a cool pedal but it's a very simple it's a three knob overdrive it's based on a tube screamer circuit yeah. like it's not like this is any sort of secret like special like unobtainium like yeah the bliss factory or any of those like chase bliss uh what what was the pedal movie one uh it was the bliss factory and then there were a couple was other it the bliss factory yeah Okay, and, and so, uh, so in those cases, like I don't, I don't remember how much people were relisting the Bliss Factory for, um, but, uh, and he, and this is the thing that I, that I had to say about it. I don't even have an, an issue with speculative markets. If somebody would have bought this and said, you know what, I know people bought the fifty fifty for three hundred dollars, three hundred fifty dollars, so I'm gonna list this for four hundred dollars. I'd be like, you know what, like I still think you kind of suck. <laughs> But I get it. Like, sure, sure. Trying to make, trying to make a buck, whatever, right? Um, the same reason why I don't love that. As soon as Bill Finnegan announced that the, they were running out of KTRs, they're they're not. I'm going to have to redesign this with to use new transistors or whatever. I didn't watch the thing. I just heard about it. Uh, that everybody relisted their KTRs for like two thousand dollars, fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars. I don't have a problem with that because the Klon Centaur, which is no longer made, goes for like right. $5,000. And the prices on the KTR have been increasing over time. If Paul Cochran came out and said, I'm not making the Timmy anymore. MXR isn't going to make the Timmy. Whatever is on the market, that's all the Timmies there ever will be. Um, and the price is actually the price of my Timmy right now. I know because I put it on the reverb collections. Uh, I bought that for like around a hundred bucks, I think. Uh, and right now the, apparently they sell on reverb for like 200 to $250. So if all of a sudden he stopped making them and the price started going up to three or $400, I'd say, well, you know what? These are collectible. These have an sure. established collector's market. So the prices are kind of justified, but for this pedal, the Stevenson Burkhead, it sounds great. Yeah. It's a really cool design, but there's no market for it. There's no limited edition other big ear pedals that I'm aware of on the market that that are going for over a thousand dollars, let alone two thousand dollars. I mean, if this is worth the fifty, if this is worth two thousand dollars, I've got bills to pay. Someone make me an offer, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, if I it's love worth it. Two thousand dollars. I love this pedal. I should want. I should want to keep it more than anyone else. I should want to have it more than anyone else on the planet because it's got a picture of you and me doing our podcast thing on it. And I built this one with my own hands. But if someone offered me two grand, I'd have a tough time saying no. Like that's just the reality of it. Yeah. So so a lot of once uh, I I sent this to Grant and then Grant posted it in the group. And the I was surprised at the mixed reaction. A lot of people, you know, took the took a little bit of time to just send like like send them $1 offers or $69 offers and be like you're a beehole. <laughs> Uh, and, and I thought that was hilarious. It is, but it uh, also but is like people... we don't want to. We don't want to be, you know, people that are sending minions to go do 
stunts and and to, to harass people like i don't want that vibe for our community that's, i don't think that i don't think that's her i think if you list something on reverb at like an atrociously sure. bad price it's gonna happen where it's the yeah oh. it's gonna happen no matter what if you do that uh, so. i think you kind of you're asking yeah, for i it. think you kind of get what you get you get what you you know you reap what you sow kind of a thing sure sure oh we're getting i was biblical, surprised huh? at the people i would huh we're getting biblical oh. now huh i was kind of yeah, I was kind of surprised at the people who were just like, um, well, you know, he bought it and it's his right to do what he wants with his property. Like, I don't I don't disagree with that in principle, I guess. Um, but at the same time, you know, how many people in whether it's our circle or the gear world in general – you know, three thousand dollar. I mean, and we've done it. Three thousand dollar Gibson. How they're making these in a factory? Right. How right. can they even consider selling it for that much money? No, like on no, like, on no planet well, they, is is this worth two thousand dollars? Like this. Yeah. It's, it, that doesn't and, make any and, sense. And, like I, I want to know where he came up with that number from. Like it. <laughs> like where does that number even come from? Num- he had another limited edition pedal that I was finding other people selling it, uh, that limited edition pedal for like, uh, like I, I forget, it was like probably eight or $900, I want to say. And he had his listed for $8,000. Jeez. Um, and, it's, and again, it's hard to believe you know, that, I, that I this person know. is serious. Like maybe it's a joke. Maybe they're joking. Like maybe this isn't being funny like that. And that's like, we like funny stuff. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there would have been there would have been humor in his description if that was the case, right? Right, and there because this is a strategy that people will try to employ on Reverb, where that they will list something for like a ridiculous price, and then they will, after like a week, they'll drop the price, and they'll show up on people's feeds ninety ninety percent price drop, right? 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 And it's like I don't, I just, I didn't see anything about this that made me think that that type of thinking was in place i think this guy like he's swinging he's he's taking a chance and maybe yeah like i said maybe he was hoping one of these people one of these haters would be like that's only worth a hundred and you know that i i know that that was this much new and like there's no way marked up you know collector's value would even be more than like three hundred dollars so he could just respond like I'll sell it to you for three hundred dollars. You know, I, I mean, the, I don't know. The, I have no idea. The the only way to combat this sort of thing is to just not buy it. You know, if anyone out there right. has a problem with flippers, like price gouging and stuff like that, just don't buy from them. Like, if everyone stops, but buying, I also, if everyone stops buying concert tickets from scalpers, then scalpers wouldn't be in business. I mean, they wouldn't get to see the concert, but <laughs> the scalpers wouldn't right. be in business. You know. Right. And I think there's that side of it, and the other other side of it is, you know, uh, while we never made any sort of direct contact uh, with sellers, we built this channel on making fun of people listing things at stupid prices. Right, so, right, totally. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I, every, I, I, don't I, think, s- I think everyone that was in the comment section on that post uh, was doing a good job of making... Uh, their point and I think all their points were valid like there's a lot of different ways to look at it like yeah is this person an asshole yeah probably are they totally allowed to do this yeah absolutely 
Like they're fully within their apparently, rights. Uh, apparently they aren't totally allowed to do it because Reverb pulled both of the listings. I was under the impression that they that the person self-deleted, but maybe Reverb did. I don't know. Maybe one of them was... I mean, maybe they both did. I don't know. Um, I do know Reverb does, I think, have a policy where if you list something for like an egregious price where it looks like the mm. price is just a marketing thing, they will like pull your ad. Right. They'll be like, hey, you, you know, need to take a you, closer look at this, bud. Squire Stratocaster 2021 Squire Bullet Stratocaster limited edition. Only 50,000, only 50, 500,000 made this year. <laughs> Limited edition. <laughs> $20,000. It's not worth it now, but it will be in 100 years. I know years. Uh, Josh Scott himself was getting his ads pulled by Reverb when he was listing his his uh, Klon Centaur, the number two. What was he trying to sell oh, for? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, like, uh, like $999,000. Like yeah. I think. Yeah, it was, it was crazy what it, he was trying to get for it. Uh, I don't think he was, he was joking. That was a joke, but he had to keep relisting it because they kept pulling the ad. You know, yeah. you know, speaking of, uh, um, and maybe that's a reported thing. Like people report an ad and that's how it gets flagged or something. I don't know. Oh, I'm not seeing any on reverb right now. Apparently, uh, when, I heard this. Actually, I heard this on. Man, we're talking about forty watt podcast a lot this week. Sure, uh, everyone should go listen. It's a good podcast. I listened to the episode he did with Jonathan Diaz. Mm. Maybe don't listen uh, to that one. The, Might be the effects loop. <laughs> What's that? Maybe don't listen to that one. I'm sure there's better episodes. <laughs> I love you, Diaz. You know I'm teasing you. <laughs> uh, but basically, Diaz was saying that he. Uh, after Josh, he didn't even make a video. He just teased a video um, that he wanted to do research on Gear Supply Company. Mm. And then uh, Diaz has been collecting, had been collecting uh, Gear Supply Company pedals. And I think he had all, I think there were five, four, I think there were five of them. The most worthless collection of pedals ever. <laughs> I sold him one of them. I sold him my uh, Gear Supply Harmonic Tremolo for like 80 bucks, I think. And apparently he sold the entire set, uh, his entire, I don't know if it was his whole collection or just the set of five pedals for like $1,200. What? Yeah. That doesn't make yeah. any sense. <sighs> yeah that's crazy i've on i've honestly always wanted to have kind of like a controversial pedal shelf collection and get like the freakish blues yeah. alpha drive get the vertex wah you know like get things like that and just but they can oddly be more expensive than they should be <laughs> you know like there's a few people out there who still believe that the Alpha Drive has some sort of magic in it, either even though it's a Joyo Ultimate Drive that's been <laughs> repainted and gooped. But I, I kind of want one just to look at it and be like, "Well, there it is. There's this ridiculous thing that some company tried to pull on everyone." I don't know. No, it's it's no. I think that's actually really the problem. Well, at this point, like. Most, if not all, of those companies are out of business. Yeah, right? oh, totally. Uh, yep, there it is. Uh, he sold the full set, which is the preamp, the uh, 
what is this? I'm opening the ad. Uh, preamp, dynamic compressor, harmonic tremolo, light drive, and medium drive for $1,200. The only person um, who's going to be buying that is someone who also got burned by gear supply company and is buying it like a trophy. Like there's no, right. <laughs> there's no, there's no market for those pedals. No one is like, Oh, the, these were really good. These meant something. These were, these were special and they're gone too soon. No, like it was, it was a grift. Like, like he I mean, was running, ki- running kickstarters for pedals that he never planned on delivering to most of the people ordering them. And so it's like a lot of people, what a lot of people worth, got scammed. Like that's all that happened. Yeah, for for what's worth, I'm seeing other gear supply pedals, not very many listed, uh, that are selling for much more, like like eighty to hundred dollars, uh, which makes me wonder: did this just have a lot more value because it was the full set and it just happened to be? Uh, well, was there one that was you know, like the right moment, ultra rare? Like you can't get one of them or something like that. What if you sold the ultra uh, rare one? <laughs> what if I you had sold- the harmonic tremolo. Mm-hmm. I had mine listed on Craigslist or on, uh, not Craigslist on reverb for a while. And every like three months, Jonathan would just send me a low ball. <laughs> so yeah, low I don't ball is what we uh, had obviously last the- episode. Yeah. Obviously this show is, uh, this show's <laughs> built on, you know, we we got our footing talking about the used market, talking yeah. about flipping, doing flipping ourselves. Of course, um, you know that I think you there are certain, um, I think there are certain cases where you can look at a thing and say, is this, you know, is this bad karma buying a 1967 Strat from a little old lady down the street for 400 bucks and then you know throwing it on, on a reverb a week later for 40,000 bucks. Like, yeah, it's probably bad karma. You can do what you want, right? Oh, you can do what you want, but it's probably bad karma if you believe in that kind of thing. Um, but the other side of that is, uh, you know, sometimes things are dumb and you just need to talk about them and it. Sure. Talking doesn't, talking doesn't cost me a lot of energy. Making comments about how somebody's a b-hole on Facebook doesn't really take a lot of energy. The reality is like, this person listing, you know, this pedal that we made 10 of for charity for $2,000, that's never going to sell $2,000. Like that person is like, whatever, who cares? Eventually they'll yeah. sell it for yeah. whatever price they can get. The real a-hole is the person who buys one for 175 and then they flip it for 250 And then the person after them who buys one and flips it for 275 And like, it's the, it's the snowballing that is the, you know, those are the a-holes. Like the person trying to get like two grand right off the bat, like that person's just like confusing. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. But everyone Wait, else that'll come did along. Did you say all flippers? And like, do you say all flippers are a holes? To a certain extent, like if we're gonna judge this guy as an a hole, then everyone who <laughs> who does who resells in that direction is, but is actually able to resell it is actually able to. Right. pulling money off of it they're they actually are doing the thing they're just doing it on a smaller level mm-hmm. so like where's you know where's the line where's the line in the sand of morality in between the guy swinging for two thousand dollars versus the guy who's like well i bought it for 175 i bet i can get 225 you know right so like you said so yeah 
someone will buy it. And you know what? For two twenty five. To an know? to an extent, I uh, I agree with the the critics. You know, it's their stuff. They can do what they want, but it's, it's capitalism, baby. It's capitalism. I can bitch about I can bitch about what people are doing too. I've bought all kinds I of. Se- I I used to buy. I can sell twenty eight carats for an emerald. You know, whatever. <laughs> I used to buy HM twos just to flip them. You know, this is taking advantage of the that poor, poor, poor death metal market. You know, how dare you? <laughs> those gonna poor, you. those poor boys. They're going to show up and burn down my church. Yeah. Jokes on you. My church is a middle school, so you're going to burn down. <laughs> A public middle school. Wow. <laughs> the weirdest, lamest black metal church burning ever. <laughs> it wasn't a church when you burned it down. They were setting up for a play. This could be death of a salesman in the auditorium. <laughs> no, man. What's going to happen is they're going to show up and the, they're going to be setting up for the crucible. And they're going to be like, Damn, this church is more metal than we are. They got they got stuff about witches all over the place. Yeah, if, if all they, right, the, you want to hit this first ad? If the death metal uh, church burners show up on the wrong day of the week. They're going to be very confused. Yeah, this first ad was sent to us by uh, Michael Krauss again, right? He sent us an uh, ad I from believe so. the last I dropped, one. I dropped something on the floor. I'll be right back. Go get it, Steve. <laughs> The floor seems like it's off to the side. I don't know what he's doing. Maybe he's going to the bathroom. But this is some kind of long guitar. With oh yeah, it's in Siberia. A Siberian, Siberian, Siberian. It's a Siberian handmade Litvinov bass guitar. It's it looks fun. Like you're the bass boy. What do you think about this bass boy? Now this is a really cool shape. Um, it says it bought it from a seller online from Siberia, Russia, who handmade bass guitars. Amazing condition, plays beautifully. Um, fully set up by a local guitar repair shop. Input jack, cleaned. Da 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 da. Says a bunch of stuff. I. This is a really cool looking build. Um. Lit was it uh Litvinov? What's kind of like this for six hundred bucks? What's kind of weird about it is the top of it definitely looks handmade, like the the cutout plywood top with like screws on the edges. That all looks very handmade, but when you oh, look at the yeah. shot of the back, it looks like a commercial factory spray job on the back. So was this a was this a base body that he bought or an, a completed base that he he bought and then he he redid the top like he it looks like you know like he hollowed out the whole guitar and then did a you know a thin plywood pit guard sort of treatment across the whole top of the body because it doesn't look like it was made by the same person like the whole thing like the the attention to detail on oh no, no. On the that that wood pickguard top material is different than what you're seeing on the fret edges, the inlays, the paint on the back of the body. Like this looks like a modification to me. Yeah, like even the the headstock, like the back of the headstock and stuff like that. Like look at the you know the joint on the headstock at the first fret. Like that doesn't look like the same woodworker that made that wood pickguard top. That's yeah, just me being Sherlock I, I, Holmes I, over I here. I see what you're saying. No, I see what you're saying. This is kind of uh, 
And it says it's handmade, but yeah, it's... What? I'm trying to figure out what this body shape is because it does look kind of familiar. It could still be a Siberian brand or a Russian brand or something that we've never seen before. Or it could be some, you know, like weird import Chinese thing that we've never seen on an Alibaba sort of uh, situation. Uh, who knows? But yeah, it definitely looks like a chimera of hand-done treatment and of, and factory treatment, you know? It does have yeah, like I, a I'm cool seeing, vibe to it, though. I'm not seeing uh, any. I mean, I'm not looking for that body shape in particular. I'm just seeing it, trying to see if there's any other. Um, I looked up Litvinov base, and you know, nothing comes up. So, I don't know. I, like I said, like it's just like a really cool shape concept. Like you even know, the even like I said the. I, I didn't really notice the details until you really point them out because I was so fascinated by like sure. the overall aesthetic of that top. I think is really fun. The headstock it's got like has, some, it's like channeling some Rickenbacker things. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the headstock has a pit guard uh, overlay screwed yeah. onto it. So many, so many screws to put on the pit guard. It's already being held on by the bolts for the tuners, dude. Uh, you really maybe only needed four screws to hold this down. And there's eight, nine, there's nine <laughs> screws on this, but I bet that if you took what? that off, there would be a brand underneath that, a different brand. Yeah. And so what, what kind of bugs me about that is, um, there are elements in this headstock design overall is one of them that do that does look kind of like cheap that kind of you feel like is maybe trying to give away a little bit of the heritage of this instrument it's kind of a prs shape on the headstock when you look at it from the back man this headstock is so i'm really getting like an i'm getting an alibaba vibe from the rest of it i think i think this person got some sort of wild import bass guitar and they turned it into a project and it's all fine like it looks cool and the price wasn't bad right it was oh it's 600 bucks down from 850 ah man yeah the price is a little higher now you know i mean if this was originally i thought it was probably okay but then you pointed out all the weirdness of it so at least at least that's a parts neck that they brought in because the same person doing the woodwork on the top of that guitar wasn't building that neck they just weren't yeah yeah um if it was a fully hand-built you know siberian guitar then it would you know i think 650 even would be fair as you know approaching this as a like you know a folk build like local flavor sort Mm -hmm. of situation but um if it's just a chimera I can't, I can't, I don't know if you can justify 600 without knowing what it was built around. You know, if the person was like, oh, I, I, I mangled up a $1,200 guitar and now I'm selling it for 600. Then you're like, okay, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll take that ding to have, you know, a neck from a $1,200 base. But if they paid, you know, 250 from AliExpress to get this and then they did a bunch of their work and they're like, oh, that, that raised the value 350 bucks. It's like, no, no, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got to say about it. Do you have any final final words for this oh, long guitar? I mean, it's a cool shape. I can see you playing this. Yeah, I want to. I really want to play it. I think the F hole 
wins me over. Like I normally wouldn't like this, but the fact that they snuck an F hole in there, I'm like, oh, okay, that's right. kind of classy and fun in a weird way. I'm looking at a Pinterest listing for just bass guitar shapes, and there's so many. Yeah, and none of them are this. I saw someone make um, a, a, a ask a question somewhere or make a comment somewhere, and the comment was, "Why are there so few new guitar shapes?" And I thought about it for about twenty seconds when I realized there are way too many guitar shapes. Like, what are you complaining oh about? Of all the instruments of all the instruments there are more guitar shapes than there are of any other instrument shape in the world there's so many options for mm. guitar shapes mm. all you have to do is go buy one of them there's like they figured out every single way to make a strat shape different you know every single way to do a variation on a Les Paul and stuff like that. And they figured out all kinds yeah. of new, crazy, exciting shapes. Like the fact that anyone out there is complaining like, Oh, there's not any new electric guitar shapes. Like, what are you complaining about? Cause it's not real. Like yeah. how many, how many new bass guitar shapes, you know, do you want? Right. Um, like if you're going to complain and, about that guitar shapes, not just bass, but. get yourself a pen and a piece of paper and draw it for me. Draw the thing that you've, you you mm. believe has never been done before. I almost guarantee you someone out there has done it. Like, and, and you know what? Even if it has, like, you know, how many piano shapes are there? <laughs> right. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, how many violin shapes are there? Uh, right. And, you know, someone's, I'm sure someone's gonna be like, well, you got your traditional, you know, viola style, da, 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 and you got electric violin. I'm like, well, electric violin is a different thing, right? Electric violin is, uh, is, uh, it's like electric guitar versus acoustic guitar. Like you can't compare those. Those are different. Those are different. Things. <laughs> right. Right. I'm saying like the sh of course the shapes are different. Because right. Totally. Different things. That's like just um, saying like, oh, see, there's two types of guitar. There's a dreadnought and there's a, a strat over here. Like, yeah, no, those are both one type of guitar. They're just two. <laughs> they're, two they're one shape of an individual yeah. type of guitar. You're not going to find a dreadnought shape that is a you know a strat electric unless you're finding some sort of weird project we found on Craigslist. You know, right? Um, that that's my my side tangent off of this. Uh, sponsors? Do we want to do sponsors now? Yeah, let's talk about uh, Chase Plus Audio. I want to grab a different pedal. You start talking about them, I'll find one. Oh, Chase Plus Audio is a maker of fine musical instruments, the finest, with a PH, even. Uh, did I say musical instruments? I meant effects pedals. You know uh, what? Effects pedals, pedals are musical instruments when i shift when i shift my they pedal board they certainly can be when i shift my pedal board to sweetwater last week the guy at uh -huh. ups asked me what i was shipping and i said guitar supplies guitar supplies and he wrote on the receipt guitar parts ah <laughs> uh, and, um, and in a way what pedal do you got man in a way a pedal is a guitar part because it's a part of yeah. Your guitar signal chain is part of your instrument. Your amp is part of your instrument. Your cables are part of your instrument. Mm -hmm. Your pedals are part of your instrument. I'm holding the Chase Bliss Bliss Factory. If there's any pedal ah. that could be considered an instrument, 
I mean, here we go. This thing is a noise generator and you can like get crazy. I mean, it's, it's a fuzz factory, all a chase bliss. Like, right. Like two legendary things put together. I don't know when, if they'll ever have a third run of these. This is from the second run. Uh, you have one from the first run, right? Um, no, I think mine's from the first run. Yours from the second. Yours run. is from the first run. Mine's right, from, right. Yeah. Hopefully, they'll come out with a uh, with a number three eventually because it is. It's, yeah. If you love a fuzz factory, like this is the next evolution of that concept. And it, it cracked, does a it lot of really fun stuff. It actually cracked me up. I I knew people who were like, "Oh, I really mine. hope with the." You're gonna flip yours. I'm gonna flip mine for twenty thousand dollars. Twenty thousand dollars. Twenty. You know what? I, I'm gonna comment on something after we finish talking about sure. Chase Plus Audio. Um, head on over to their site, ChasePlusAudio.com. They make pedals more creative than you are. The the Bliss Factory uh, was a co- collabo they did with Zvex. They are not mm-hmm. in production, but they have lots of pedals that are in production. Uh, the Tonal Recall that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Actually, you talked about it because I was in the bathroom. Um, the Warped Vinyl, the Gravitas, uh, all kinds of pedals. Go check them out, chaseplusaudio.com. Yeah. Uh, on, the, on the point of flipping pedals, have you ever listed a pedal um, mm-hmm. and tried to use your brand to like sell it? Oh, like be like, hey, here, here, here we go. 60 Cycle Hum is selling a pedal. Yeah, I've done, I've totally... Like I've I've done like, videos where I'm like, hey everyone, I'm live listing stuff on Reverb. Like, buy it from me if you no, want. No, I mean like in your ad. So I'm looking at Bliss Factories right now, and it looks like the highest listed one is a thousand dollars. Most of them are actually in the five four to five hundred dollar range. Oh, so good. They've come down. Really, people are people aren't going too crazy with them. No, I mean like you just list it up there, and you're like. This pedal, as seen on 60 Cycle Hum, when I played it there with a link to the video. So, like, uh, no, I don't like to do or, that. This pedal, owned, this pedal originally owned by Ryan Burke of 60 Cycle Hum. That's me. Every now and then I will, because it gives you the option to put in a link for a video. Every now and then I will put in a link to my own video. <laughs> oh, I, I <laughs> do I, that. I'll do that. Yeah, but that's. It's not the same thing as me like trying to push that in the description. Like I never do that. I never go like, oh, as no, seen, as seen played by me, the actual guy who is a yeah. awful guitarist on YouTube and makes a living that way somehow. Like it's, it's have you ever wanted? Have you ever wanted to own a pedal that was? Have, or have you ever wanted to buy a pedal that was owned by Ryan Burke of Sixty Cycle Hum? Well, now's your chance because I'm him and I'm selling this pedal. <laughs> I'm sure there are people out there who have bought pedals from me and I think it would be, I think it would be fine. I think it would be healthy to have some excitement for a couple of days. I've got, I've got pedal Ryan hat like that. I watch that guy on YouTube. Like I feel like a a different connection to this, but I hope eventually that wears away and you decide in between like, Oh, this is a pedal I use, or this is a pedal I should sell. And then you sell it. If it's a pedal that you should sell, I don't think anyone should hold on like, like hoard or like keep track of what I've sold and stuff like that would be so what I'm saying is you should go to guitar center. You should go say, Hey, uh, I know the Boss DS1 is like 50 bucks, 
But if I buy 20 of them, uh, which is what a thousand dollars of DS ones, uh, can you give me like a discount and can I get, you know, 20 DS ones for like $500 and then you take them home and you sign every single one of them in like single and sorry, in silver Sharpie. And then you list them on reverb for $150. If I'm going to buy boss DS one signed by Ryan Burke of 60 cycle. So tacky. Um, (laughs) If I was going to buy 20 pedals to resell them, couldn't I just get a retail license and become a retailer? Cause that's essentially what you're doing and, and pay. Yeah. Yeah. Play, play, play retail for them. You know I can't talk. Yeah. Play That's, retail oh, for like, you not. That's what I just said. Like pay pay wholesale rate. Right. Get, play, get about wholesale pay rates. wholesale instead of paying uh, you know, map. Yeah. Anyway, just people a out there stupid that, stupid thing I wanted to know. I bet you there's someone out there who's like, you know what? If I got a retail license, I could buy bulk and then sell, and then I would keep the ones I want, and they just end up becoming a guitar store, and it was just them trying to grift cheap pedals. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say, yeah. I was going to say, um, I got hit up by someone a couple weeks ago. Who, I'm not going to mm-hmm. name names, but they were a shop and they're like, Hey, okay. this, this other YouTuber sells uh demo pedals to me in bulk, like bulk rate. Mm-hmm. If you're mm-hmm. interested, I could do it with you too. And it like this person's in a different state, so it would be me packing a bunch of stuff up in a box and okay. shipping out. And it, at first, I was like, "I get it, I get sa- the time savings, and just like, oh, I don't want to sell this stuff directly. I don't want to have people have my return address and stuff like that." But the other side mm-hmm. of it is like, I'm not so hard up. I'm not. I'm not so flush with money that I'm going to skip out on individually selling pedals that I can sell for you know, one to $300 sometimes, yeah. you know, like yeah. I'm not, I'm not in that neighborhood where that's throwaway money. And I'm just going to sell in bulk to save myself. Yeah. 20 the minutes only, per pedal. The only place, the only place I feel like maybe you could get away with that is like, you know, every like once a year, you're like, yeah, I'll sell you a tote of affordable board pedals. Like there's, there's 40 pedals in this tote. <sighs> I'll sell them to you for like. I've been trying to think of creative ways or whatever to get rid of them. I've been I've been sifting through them and putting pulling out the ones that I'm like, this is redundant. I'm not going to cover this one again. I don't need to keep this one. And I've been I've been fil- I, you know a diaper box that diapers come in. I've got a uh, how many how many diapers I can't come see in the from box. here, but it's one of the big diaper boxes and it's full of affordable mm-hmm. pedals right now. And I it's like it's it's piling up over the edge, and I need to figure out how to display disperse them oh my gosh you know what i heard should we talk about the other email that i got like a couple yeah, of days so you ago you want to do that for what's you want to talk about that for what's new let's talk about that for what's new uh um, i read it on, i read it on uh, the 40 watt podcast i might as well read it here uh if i can find it oh i took i took screen grabs of it so let me find it real quick uh yeah um all right well if you're gonna read it i guess i won't spoil it Okay, I'm going to read this email I got from Azor Pedals. Mm-hmm. Hello, we are the Azor team. Our company has recently done an event, and a batch of reverb pedals are given away for free. You don't need to pay anything to get dozens or even hundreds of pedals, which you can give to your fans. 
You can tell me if you need it, but the pedal has a defective rate of 5 to 10%, and the sound is a bit problematic. You can check it and give it to your fans to increase your fans. So I had a little bit of a back and forth with him, and I'm not going to read all of that, but then the final email from him was just him saying, I have sent out 100 reverb pedals. <laughs> It's, it's a combination of like an amazing moment in my life. Like what just happened and like the most threatening email I've ever received in my life. <laughs> I, I think this is like a lot of very stupid fun. I, I, and yeah, you were pushing I, me, you, you, gonna, you peer pressured me to do this because I was like, I don't oh my gosh, this. I said, you, you were said like, you should we do this, this or not? And I think, yeah, peer pressure. All I said was. Yes, absolutely you should. <laughs> I did not I did not even private message you. You posted about this and that's all I said. Uh oh which which is some there is some implication with that that I am willing to at least ship help ship some of these. Well, here's my thing. I don't think uh, we sh- I don't think we should ship 100 individual pedals. I think that's stupid. I think maybe tagging them on to some sort of giveaway with groups of affordable award pedals would be smart. I also thought yeah. like doing yeah. something in person, like an in-person like giveaway, like mm-hmm. I'm going to mm-hmm. be at this location. Steve and I will be hanging out, you know, at the beach for these hours. We'll put up a Craigslist post, come get a free reverb pedal. Yeah. And we just hand out free reverb pedals. Another are, thought are I you, had do you was... Play, do you want to play test these or you just do we just want to oh, be like... I, if, oh. I want to find the bad ones. I want to find that five to 10% that he said. Oh, he, <laughs> yes. he said they sound problematic. And the key word was there. They sound like something and it's problematic. This pat they're passing signal. I want to hear what problematic sounds like a hundred percent. And you know, yeah. I, you know, I want to do a video where I try, I, I'm going to have to figure out how many patch cables and how many, like how many pedals <laughs> I can actually power over here. I might have to buy a dozen daisy chains. <laughs> <laughs> no, so there, there's the rub, man. Is uh, is well, hundred uh, reverb pedals, possibly not before this thing shows up. But you know, I've got two high pa- at least two high power isolated power supplies that I'm supposed to be rigging up soon. Well, one's rigged up, the other one hopefully soon. Um, so. I'm yeah, not I think sure. we could do some damage on this. I'm not sure 100 reverb pedals would fit on this table. Let me do. Some, uh, uh, I have I have a, <laughs> a a Donner right here. It's, it's bigger than an Azor. The Azors are the little rounded ones. I'm gonna count how many. Oh, it'll fit 100. I'm positive it'll fit 100. But I just I want to figure out real quick. One, two, three, four, five, six. This table is six Donner pedals deep. Oh my gosh. I mean, what if what if problematic just means like um somewhere in the signal path like the wrong the wrong uh type of resistor was used. Um so I think, instead of I passing think the ta- clean signal. Right. It's a dirty it's like, reverb. It's like yeah, it's like you're you've got like five percent of your pedals are like fuzz verbs. Oh man, that'd be that'd be awesome. And then that's when you uh that's that would when be like the best case you, scenario. You like write the guy back and you're like, hey, uh Can you get more I found this ones? one. Here here's a picture of it. Uh 
can I get a hundred more of these? Well, here's my here's the here's the joke. I mean, going back to what we were talking about at the start of the show, I get a hundred petals. Five to ten percent are problematic. Of that, five to ten petals, maybe three of them sound desirably problematic. Now those yeah. become valuable. Now we're flipping problematic. <laughs> Zor petals and the rest are the functioning ones are giveaways. We've got we've got three here. They're fuzz verbs and starting bid guys five hundred dollars. So here's the thing: in that case, like okay, five hundred dollars maybe not, but <laughs> but in that case, like you could even justify that you did some of the labor because I mean, oh when yeah, you think about like, I sifted through a hundred reaver petals to find yeah, the good ones. That's what people. These, with some of these uh, boutique pedals, yeah. I, I forget what um, the the claim, and I've heard I've heard people argue that you know it's it's bullshit, but whatever. Uh, with the um, uh, remember the M drive, yeah, from yeah, yeah. Emerson, I knew those? you were going there. Uh, yeah, but they're not the only ones. Like there are a number of pedals sure. on the market that that were the transistors I've heard builders say like, oh, I use this particular transistor and I need this particular value, and even when I order the ones that are supposed to be the same value, there's like, you know, a 10% tolerance range. So only like two out of the, t out of 10 that I order are actually the proper ones. So the reason that the price on this is so high is because I'm throwing away 80% of the parts that I order and I have to test every single one. Right. Right. Um, so it's kind of like if, if you've identified the, the 5% that's good and it ends up, you know, of the, that means we're only going to have like five to ten failed pet, failed pedals right. in this lot, you know. So yeah, there might only be one or two that are failed in a good way. And then if other people want to find their own bad ones, their own problematic reverb, they mm -hmm. themselves have to buy copious amounts of them, and then well, try to resell so the ones that are normal for normal price. And it's like that the the labor involved is what makes the problematic ones valuable theoretically <laughs> uh do you do you think that they these are going to market or do you think they just probably i mean i kind of think they probably just scrapped an entire production run of them yeah the the the, the quality uh there's there are too many problems in an entire yeah. run and they're like we have to give these away we can't sell them and it's yeah so you're so no one's there you know so you're going to be buying lots of them secondhand to try to find you're going to be going on to reverb looking for these pedals and hoping the ones that were listed are from a bad lot how do you even know what a which one is the bad lot you don't you have to you have you're to buying them blind that's what i'm saying like this will never happen again which is what will make these valuable is because no one's going to do that no one's going to invest i mean say you can get them for 20 bucks each no one's going to buy a hundred of these this, to, you know what try, this is? This no is, one's going to spend. That's two grand, right? A hundred times twenty. Uh, yeah. No one's going to spend two grand to find three problematic pedals that they can sell for. I threw out five hundred dollars, like five hundred dollars right, each. Right. Like no one's going to do that. Like it's yeah. that's bad, and the amount of time spent <laughs> to do it is bad. It would each pedal you would have to be be able to sell each pedal for a thousand dollars to make it worth your while, because then you've got two thousand dollars production. You've got two thousand dollars production costs, a thousand dollars profit. Uh, assuming 
you don't try to sell 97 pedals for what they're worth because then you're basically in business. You are now a retailer. <laughs> Because you have 97 pedals to sell, and you're going to spend the rest of your life trying to sell 97 oh, $20 pedals on the used market. Like, the, you've made so much work for yourself. Like, the, the, the grip there, the grip there is that you become a reseller of your batch to someone else who wants mm. to sift through your batch to find more bad ones. And so now the resale batch, like the, the game is getting uh, thinned out too much because there's people reselling the ones they already checked. If you could get a good initial deal on it, you could probably relist like whatever aren't the bad pedals and <laughs> just be so like stupid. 90 Azor Reverbs 2021 edition checked, mm. tested as good. So you've already done the work. Now you just got to find someone who does want to set up their own store and happen to, you know, want to sell these reverb pedals uh, in their store. Um, this whole thing's so yeah, ridiculous. I, <laughs> I don't know, man. That, that email's cracked. That email cracked me up. It, I felt like I was hallucinating when I was doing, writing that email back and forth. Like, like what are you saying to me? You're saying you're... Yeah. I and I didn't pick a hundred. I didn't say send me a hundred. I said send as many as you want, which could have been incredibly dangerous. And a hundred is still pretty dang dangerous. But he said possibly distributing hundreds of them. Like he could have been like, okay, here's six hundred. Yeah. Here's six hundred reverbs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine a hundred reverbs showing up at my door, which they're going to. But can you imagine six hundred reverbs? It would you know, be. The, it would be the size of. Of like a flat screen TV, the box would be huge. What what we should what we should do in the next couple of weeks is hit up Hosa and be like, oh, can you send us a no. hundred pancake cables? No, once I get a count of how many uh, how many I can power and how many patch cables I have, I'm I'm absolutely hitting up Hosa because I know they'll be down to help out with this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> This is and we'll, be we'll so include much work. we'll include the patch cable with each one that gets given away or no exactly yeah. exactly or, just throw it in the box or whatever and this is uh, we, do you know do you, do you remember the Sweetwater set the Guinness record uh, for um, pedals right right uh, that was three hundred and nineteen pedals this would just be one hundred reverbs. Um, <laughs> you know you want to hear 19 reverbs you know you want to hear a hundred reverbs with hell yeah with five to ten problematic ones mixed <laughs> there's no way you're even going to be able to pass even with all no. of these bypass they're not going to pass signal. there won't be anything left it'll just be no, it, it'll be the most beautiful static you ever heard in your life no even <laughs> like i'm saying even bypassed going through 100 uh Buffered bypass oh, cycles yeah, is probably gonna kill it. Like, I think I, it probably won't survive. I mean, we maybe we take bets. Maybe, maybe that's maybe that's a giveaway idea. Is people take like people try to guess where the cutoff of hearing any guitar signal is. Like, is it at fifteen pedals? Is it at forty-five? Is it at seventy-two mm. pedals? When when like, and we have to we would have to judge that. We have to be like, okay, this is it. This is like the range 
where it stopped being a guitar signal and now it's just a reverb signal. It seems a little complicated right. and it's, it's very subjective, right. but I don't know. <laughs> Should we do another ad or sponsor first? Yeah, let's let's do another let's do another sponsor. This episode's also brought to you by Big Ear Pedals, pedals, pedals. Pedals, 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 pedals. We were talking about this pedal earlier. It's the Stevenson Burkhead. Um, it is a, an extremely limited edition pedal. And, only 14 uh, in existence and only 10 sold. And 14 one, in existence. 11 sold. Three, one, three of them are, are kits? Yes. Well, three of them were built. I, three of them will be built by people other than Grant. So that's you, me, and Robert who won well, the auction. Well, you built one, right? I, I built this one. Yeah. Yeah. Then the 10 that are sold, my kit, Robert's kit. And and Grant's. And, and Grant still has one. Grant has a personal um, one. Yeah, very cool. We're all going to be rich. The four, All 14 of us are going to be rich when we sell these for $20,000 each. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but on their site, they have a lot of pedals that are in... Uh, regular or semi-regular production like the woodcutter mm-hmm. uh, and the loaf and the albi oh, yeah and the and the l and the l uh, all of which are mainstays when i have a guitar board put together these are mainstays on my board um yeah. the albi's a mainstay on my baseboard um so go check them out. I do have demos for all. You don't have a demo for the woodcutter, right? But you have demos no. for the rest of them, I think. Yeah, I do. Uh, here, a quick story about the L. You know I'm a reverb nut. You know I love reverb. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the first time I tried one of these was in person at the first summer NAM I went to. And I plugged in. I put on the headphones. I tried it out. And I turned and I looked at Grant. I was like, I want one of these. That's how I felt <laughs> about it. That's how I still feel about it. It's a great sounding reverb. It's uh, it's kind of doing a spring, like a take on a springy thing, but it's really yeah. more about it being kind of like a lush, big room reverb. It's got some sort of like modern modulation mixed in, but it's not over the top. Like it's just, it's an easy no. reverb that just sounds good, you know? And it kind of, it does this great job of riding the line between like a retro vibe and a modern kind of ambient vibe. I, I have, I think the L is the perfect reverb. I can t- the way that I have mine uh, set up is I I run the L last in my chain, and mm-hmm. then before it I have I've got a two or three I've got two reverb different reverb pedals uh, that are kind of more that do different that do like your either really off the wall stuff or do some um, octave shimmery kind of stuff. I put those yeah. there because I don't want to use those all the time. Right. But the L I want to use all the time. So the L is my always on reverb. And then I've got another reverb for doing crazy stuff that the L, the L doesn't do that. And it doesn't have to, because it, it's really good at what it does. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just not crazy and that's fine. Like you could use the L to be like your really light, fill out your signal, like, like blues reverb if you wanted to. Yeah. Or you could turn it up and have it be an ambient reverb. Or you could like kind of dig into the little bit of like kind of like belt and brick slapback sort of thing and get like some rockabilly surface mm-hmm. sorts of sounds out of it. Like it's 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 a great reverb. Folks, just go buy an L. Go to biggerpedals.com. Let's not get on the stop. mailing list. I don't want to stop talking about the L. Can we just do about thirty minutes of L talk, please? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like just the L pedal, or do you also want to talk about um, 
what was that movie? Legally Blonde. We can talk about Legally Blonde. Why is oh because it's got L's the letter L because no because uh because the main character's name is L oh oh my gosh where did how do you have that trivia in your head Steve what the, all right Dude, this sponsor this sponsorship is over thanks big here <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're gonna do three ads let's just do uh which one should well we we've do? only done one ad so I know that's what I'm saying we're not gonna make it we're not gonna uh, there's not time unless you want to really like you want to do two ads right now. Let's do them quick. Uh, you want to just do back-to-back ads? Back-to-back ads. All right. What ad do you want to do? Let's do the Dream Leaf you want guitar. To do the Dream, Dream Leaf Ibanez. I don't know why you call this. Oh, I actually, I do know. Um, About this listing, 70s Italian custom guitar decoration. This is from Peter J. Stevens. Dreamopedia is what the decoration what is the- called. What? what does Dreamopedia mean? If you don't understand what Dreamopedia means, when the first time you hear the word, it's an encyclopedia of dreams, Steve. I mean, come on. Uh, one string is missing, but in good order? <laughs> what does that mean? What is it? The string is missing, but it's in... Oh, they're saying the rest of the guitar is in good order. I thought they were saying that the missing string was in good order. Like, how do you know the condition of the missing string, dude? I tried to create something like India meets hippies. (laughs) Okay. All right. Uh, I mean, he's not totally wrong. This has, like, a a fun psychedelic look to it. Uh, There's a lot of hand craftsmanship that goes into this. It's got kind of like a folk art kind of vibe. A lot of kind of very cheap looking guitar components like that bridge looks like like the cheapest tele bridge you buy on Amazon you know yeah and i'm sure the pickups are are the same uh and the hard, the rest of the hardware who knows the the pick guard is a is a telecaster pick guard with the bottom horn cut off and then it is look at how wide the bridge cut is on that pick guard like what is going on there why is it so wide he must know that's a modification he did for a look i and i the seller of this guitar <laughs> is called dreamopedia guitars that's why it's a dreamopedia custom that's right. the name of the brand sure <laughs> but you were baffled I'm by lo- the meaning of the word well, I just don't know what it would meant, and it's just like that. I'm like, what the hell is this? You and I still look it don't up, know like, what eventually... a Dreamopedia it, is. Yeah, I get it. It's, but like, if you, I'm looking at the rest of the stuff in this guy's store, and they're like prints. He does other uh, wood carved wood carving guitars. He does uh, apparently he does portraits of Iggy Pop. And, well, who doesn't? Uh, we a, all do that. A portrait. He's got a portrait of Jimmy Page that, for some reason, looks like Mel Gibson to me. <laughs> it looks like something was glued into the volume and tone knobs and then pried out. Like, there used to be, like, a rhinestone in there or something, which wouldn't yeah. shock me. Yeah, it's got that look. Also, um, like, some, something I want to riff on is the, the way the bridge is set up. It's one of the Telecaster bridges that have the really long screws and the way yeah. it's it's lined up on the body like the the saddles are all the way at the end of the screw so you've got a good like inch and a half of screw there and i didn't know this i didn't know there was preference around this um i learned this from jay leonard j he has a huge preference 
around his Telecaster bridges that are like this, where he wants mm. the saddles to be as close to the the end of the of the plate as possible. He doesn't want that that gradual break angle. He that's a very tight break angle, and he says that's where all the personality of a Telecaster comes from. So when you see it set up like this with the really long bit of string behind the saddle on a Telecaster, like according to Jay yeah. Leonard J, like that's mm-hmm. not a good Telecaster setup. That's no personality. No, it's, I don't I don't actually know like what would happen. Maybe it's a different personality. I don't think no personality is possible, but it's different right. personality. Right. And Jay Leonard J has a very strong preference for one way versus the other is what I'm saying. Gotcha. But you know, I, we're talking about uh, Canadian, a lot of Canadian music last week. Jaylen and Jay makes Canadian music. He does. He's a specialist in Canadian music, uh, ethnic. Yeah. yeah, as a Canadian as an ethnicity, you know. I can't talk ever. Like I suck Much at words. Much like Rush and Justin Bieber so and the, Shawn Mendes. I will say the art on this looks good. It's, it's clearly a hacked up Telecaster body. Uh, but he did actually some fun line work on the shape that he ended up with. Uh, I don't hate it. Like, I don't hate this guitar as a piece of folk art. Like, I, I actually really right. like what he's done with this very kind of rustic, uh, psychedelic leaf and flower engraving on the top of the guitar. Mm-hmm. I even kind of like the way there's reds and golds and browns, like Thanksgiving colors mixed throughout doing like this fall theme. And then it looks like those, those white lines, I think they're bits of wire, like, like bailing cable that he's he's epoxied onto the top and it's all very three dimensional and textural and stuff like that. It has a cool look like it's, it's, it is eye catching and it doesn't hurt my eyes in any real way. So I think it's a piece of folk art. Like I give it a pass. Like I, I, yeah, I'm not saying bye, 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 but I'm I'm saying what you're saying. If this was hanging in a coffee shop, I'd be like, Oh, that's part of the local flair. Like, I love it. Like I love it. Right. As a piece of folk art, you know, I, I can see why somebody would like this and, and I can a, understand your perspective. As a guitar, set on fire. I expect nothing <laughs> out of this as a guitar. Like it's but I the a really fun thing we haven't even mentioned yet is it's got an Ibanez neck on it. <laughs> right. And, and you know it's got an Ibanez neck on it because you see the headstock and it's all painted over. It's painted pink. And it's got uh, the a couple leaves and the wire coming through on it. Look, there it is. There's the Ibanez headstock shape. Well, you so there's tell- that's my here. Here's my question: Is this actually an Ibanez headstock? Because there are other brands that you have used this sort of uh, notched arrow, whatever you want to call it, headstock design. Not not very many, but you see them. Um, did they just put that piece of wire on there to make it look like an Ivan has had stock, but it's actually something else? No, dude, I think I'd, I'd, I'd bet you $25 plus the cost of a heat gun right now. If we stripped back that paint, there would be, you know, the very plain black on raw wood Ivan has printed like cheap mm-hmm. RG mm-hmm. like logo. Like I think it's a it's a parts guitar. This this neck didn't come on this guitar, which is also funny because it's an Ibanez neck on a Telecaster. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Telecaster in theory. It's not a Telecaster anymore. Uh, but you can tell it's got that super flat radius just looking at the frets at the at the 24th fret there. Oh, it's got 24 frets, by the way. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if this thing intonates. I mean, you've got enough throw on those screws. Maybe that's why the saddles are so far forward. Oh, my gosh. Because they couldn't get it to intonate. This actually <laughs> might be a really old Ibanez neck, too. Because some of the ones I'm looking at, some of that I think are newer, have a different truss rod entry. Well, oh, might, the new Ibanez AZs have that have that yeah. long truss rod entry, though. Yeah, interesting. Now I have a feeling like it. This is looking at the nut and and kind of like the neck itself. It's like no, I've mm-hmm. I've played this Ibanez before. This is the two hundred fifty dollar Ibanez of our youth. Gotcha. You know. Didn't Tyak have one of those? He had some cheapo RG yeah. that, that he, uh, he I think swore that, by. Yeah, it was a red, the red uh, RG. If anyone knows uh, Daniel Tyak on the internet now, like this is a guitar for him now. <laughs> 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 like send, the, send him a link to this episode if you know him now of us saying this and he'll hear the clip and he'll be like, oh yeah, they're right on. That is a guitar for me right now. It's not an insult. It's just an observation of personality. All right, <laughs> uh, the last ad and we'll wrap this up. Yeah, you what's do, this, what do you want to do for the last ad? Uh, well, there's a pedal here. I mean, this is the expensive pedal episode, apparently. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is a way huge RL2 Red Llama Overdrive. Uh, mm-hmm. Apparently, these are extremely extremely limited in production, and he started out wanting two grand for it on Reverb. Uh, it's down $495.12 to $1,500.67.91. Yeah. They did a, um, They did a reissue of this. I'm yeah, sh- you can I'm get sh- the reissue for pretty cheap. I I'm think. sure it's not expensive, but I, I know that I know that these were made in really limited qualities. Like there was probably like ten mm-hmm, about them. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've got the, the description right here. Collector's grade, way huge red llama RL2. This clear anodized finish. Trips mentioned it was only a run of about twenty five. Okay, so this finish is a run of twenty five making this one of the oh, rarer okay. red llamas comes with the boxes shown in pictures. Uh, I mean, I get it. Like it is apparently Tom, apparently Tom Petty used an RL too. Oh, well, if I want to get that Tom Petty tone, this is obviously yeah. the way to do it. This is the, this is the pedal you need when you won't back down. People are going to think I was being sarcastic. No, I meant it. Like, if you want to sound like Tom Petty, this is the only thing you need. <laughs> No guitar, no amp, nothing. You just need this pedal. It's worth it. $1,600 right now. Mm-hmm. Has this all gone too far, man? Like, <laughs> like when we started this I, podcast, I was thinking about this the other day, and this could be like a whole other freaking topic. Like when we started this podcast, what was life like? But when we started... It was a lot different. You and I used to balk at, you know, because Strymans had just become like... The thing everyone was joking about, like, oh, yeah. really? A a three hundred dollar boutique digital pedal, like whatever. And they've held their value this entire time. And there's, you know, to three hundred dollars to us back then in two thousand fourteen sounded like bizarre for a pedal to begin with. But now it's commonplace. And now here we are looking at a fifteen hundred dollar pedal. And part of me, 
part of my brain is like, oh, well, someone will buy that. <laughs> like, it's yeah. not. Well, it, that's, it, that, like, it's, this whole scene, this whole resale scene, this whole used market scene of pedals and, like, this collectability, speculative collections, collectability stuff is like, it's become, like, abusively bonkers, right? I think it's just odd. And I think it's, um, um, I think it's indicative of basically no one, no one like I'm turning boomer right now. I'm turning internet troll boomer right now. No one on the planet is getting $2,000 worth of value out of any one pedal. Like if yeah. you're a top pro musician and you're like, Oh, I've got this original tube screamer. It's worth all this money. I was, it was handed down to me by Steve Ray Vaughn. If it stopped working and they couldn't use it on the recordings anymore, that's not $2,000 worth lost of instrument value. It's all intrinsic value. It's all made up value. It's all nostalgic yeah. value. Like it's, like you're you you can I promise you you can do what the Red Llama Overdrive does on your very expensive studio recording for less than two hundred dollars probably. It's it's all become bonkers. It's not about it has it hasn't been about the function of these things in a in a really long time. Like this incredibly, like bizarrely commonplace thing of these pedals becoming very, very expensive. It has nothing to do with the function of the pedals at all. No, it, it it's a collector's. It's like a collectability. Right. It's all collecting. It's all collecting. And and what it's driven by, um, I think to some or a large extent, is um is the fact that you know we are in our late 30s oh well, you're not in your late 30s anymore i'm in my i just my started over 30s. buddy i'm in my early 40s <laughs> so you think about like the sun is rising on my 40s you think the about the sun is like, setting on your 30s yeah um the kind of you think about the kind of music that we were listening to when we were teenagers sure uh or or younger right billy corgan is 54 is he that young yeah um tom i guess that makes sense yeah i guess that makes sense tom from blink 182 is 45 basically my point is is like and 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 even older you know the people stupid to me that tom DeLong is only five years older than me yeah what was i doing when he became a thing I'm thinking about like the late Gen X, the age of like late Gen X, early millennials, you know, were as late 30s, early 40s. But even more than that, like people who were teenagers during the the butt rock era, you know, right. who are all still dressing up as which I don't know if that era is as like pedal heavy, which is why I think my benchmark thought process was Billy Corgan is 54 right. years old. It's all these people who like are still probably listening. You know, they listen to Smashing Pumpkins when they hit in, uh, you know, 1990, 
what, three, four, whatever. Um, and they were like 16 then, which I guess is probably closer to your age. So, so they're probably uh, in their mid, late 40s now. They're a few years older than you. Mm-hmm. And they're probably finally in a position where they're halfway done, maybe paying their mortgages. And um, they're feeling pretty comfortable in their jobs. And they got a nice little retirement account set up. And, and they're like, yeah. Uh, and they're starting to go back to listen to other music from that era, maybe like, and they're going, Oh, Oh, this, this album that I liked was, uh, was a clon through a whatever. And a da, 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 da. Yeah. Yeah. I'd pay $5,000 for that pedal. Why not? I don't have anything else to spend it on. Right. And I think there's just kind of this weirdness where it's like, it's the new guitar pedals are like boats for people who don't like boats. We've kind of said that kind of thing before, you know, but right. um, we're kind of in a heyday of people who kind of saw this. I'm hesitant to call guitar pedals like a cutting edge technology, but in some ways no, it's it like a, a formative piece. What it's I would culture. even say is it's it's just a, what's that? It's culture. Like guitar pedals is yeah, it's a, a form a culture. It's a formative piece of culture that still has functionality, right? Right. Uh, and it has, and because of the rarity of it and the functionality of it, um, it's retained value more so yeah. than other things. Um, here's a question. I here's went, a question I have. Sure. Going what? back to the, yeah. the the value of the functionality of these objects, if we mm-hmm. were basing it as as any pedal, the most expensive pedal because of its uh, technical, you know, construction parts value like that. Beyond that, what is the maximum value of a pedal as a tool where it's like, oh, I can't do that with anything else that, or this just has the quality that I absolutely need. It doesn't have to do with any sort of like history. It doesn't have to do. It's just like this will do make the sound that I need for this. Like I'm having trouble in my mind justifying anything higher than, you know, the more complicated delay computer pedals, you know, and, and, you know, like and multi-effect pedals and stuff like that, like the, uh, amp, like yeah. your Kemper, yeah. your Kempers and whatnot. If you count a Kemper or an Axe effects as a, as a pedal, um, but you see what I'm saying? Like beyond their functional value, all the rest is just collectability, and that yeah. value what? will disappear someday. Not, not probably not any time that we need to worry about or anything like that. But the, the same way everything yeah. transitions from, uh, I was talking about this with uh, with Philip on the Forty Watt podcast. Anything that transfers from being vintage which mm-hmm. indicates desirability to antique, which just means mm-hmm. old. There will be a transition right. someday where all these things that we are seeing as vintage become antique. And that's a different yeah. value set. Because they're not functional you know, anymore. It's not a function thing anymore. It's just, there's no function left. It's just this exists and it's old. Yeah. I think, you know, thinking about what you were saying with, uh, you know, oh, the digital, the digital computer, the Kemper type things, is the most value, and I think that's. I think unless, they have the. Unless, I think they have the most value as a tool that you purchase, and that you right. need, and that you need to produce to complete a task. 
you know? Yeah. Um, I think there is, there are certain things, you know, you think about like things that drive for rarity, but sometimes rarity is just driven by age, you know? Uh, is there really any reason that a 1981 Tube Screamer is, what, four, three, $400, maybe more now? But right. then you can go buy a, a tube screamer, you know, from Guitar Center for ninety dollars or whatever. I, I obviously there's a lot of reasons why. Um, this is the kind of thing I think where, uh, if you're being generous, which I'm inclined to not be generous to these people, but if you were to be generous to the people who are like, why are boutique pedals so expensive? It's just twenty dollars a parts in a box. Um, like I'll never you know, make that argument because I actually understand how making things works. Uh, yeah, but I think, yeah. I think there I, is I, an I, argument that I haven't really considered until this discussion. Like, like what is what actually is the the tool yeah. value of these objects, and why is the tool value of them so different from what they, so many of them have become? Well, I mean, I think the question for that is. Um, well, it's not, it's not the question of it. And you, you think about tool value, I was going to say the question of it is, is, is tool value just measured in like what you produced and, you know, uh, talking about smashing pumpkins earlier, if, sure. you know, the smashing pumpkins didn't have whatever particular model of big muff that they used, uh, for those, um, would, would Billy court would, you know, would, uh, disarm or whatever, you know, gish, so I'm just naming songs. So are you trying to like connect whatever. a value based on uh, being connected on, to on, a, a known work? No, I'm saying like, okay, if I, if I write a song and uh, the, the bridge of that song is just the super dope sounding, really cool sounding rip and fuzz thing. And I sell 10 million copies of that song. And I go, you know what really made that song is I had uh, I had a loaf on it. I had a big ear loaf. And that mm-hmm. because I used the loaf on that song, I wrote this song and everyone loved the fuzz sound and it sold, you know, a hundred million copies of this song. And I'm so I made 50 cents off of this song, you know, because that's what 10, 100 yeah. million streams is worth. No, I don't know. But, but like, it made me famous and now I'm a millionaire and it's all because of this pedal, right? Uh, because that pedal is now my signature tone. Imagine someone value saying that, that like, the only reason I'm famous is because of this pedal. Like, there's probably, a, okay, commenters, comment, name a musician that's only famous because of their pedal. I bet there's I don't, a couple. I don't, I don't, I mean, there probably are, but I'm, what I'm saying is like, okay, Billy Corgan, Big Muffs, if he had done all of those Smashing Pumpkin songs with like a fuzz bright, sure. do we, are we like, oh yeah, no, he sucks. Like those songs are obviously like, and obviously there's more of a song than just a guitar tone, but there's also certain use of it, like utilages. I mean, now we're getting into multiverses and time travel and repercussions, butterfly effect sorts of stuff. Like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like you, you look at it in a multiverse sort of way, you change the fuzz pedal that Billy Corgan used and reality fragments into all these other options where half of them, he's more successful with a different pedal, more successful with a different, right. pedal. the other half, 
less successful with a different pedal. At the end of the day, the tool value of each pedal was still what you could buy it for. Right. And, and so I think that's as a functional so tool, you, as a retail object, what you could buy it as yeah. was the fun, was the tool value of it. And the, you know, you have to make decisions when you're building something, constructing something, you're mm-hmm. not going to buy tools that outweigh the cost of what you're hoping to, you know, uh, produce. Yeah. Like you're yeah. not going to buy, you're not going to buy a $6 million skyscraper crane to build the best damn two-story residential house you can like <laughs> you, the cost the cost of the tool out outpaces the value of the production you know so there's right, right when you think about it in these really cold business terms like i feel like it's maybe an outlook on this whole situation that i haven't approached yet. yeah i i think i think when you approach it that way um then Things only have value if you understand the the difficulty in sourcing the materials. If there, if such a thing is a limiting factor, uh, the complexity or perceived per- complexity of the object. And so, for that, from that perspective, like the only reason that a clone and, and people have tried to have made this argument, right? A lot of people have made this argument. Like, why would I? Back when clons were like a thousand dollars or fifteen hundred dollars, and we first started to see uh, clon clones, clon colognes, mm-hmm. clon cologne, the, the fragrance of horse. Yeah, uh, the you know start to hit the market. You started to see this question all the time, like why would I buy? Why would I want to buy a centaur when I could buy a J Rocket Archer for a uh, hundred and fifty dollars or whatever why, why would, would you want to buy... buy a centaur when you could lease <laughs> so so i mean i think that's i think that's kind of the question is, is everything comes down to some utility and understanding a value of a tool if you're thinking about it that way and so yeah if you're if you're buying a a strymon big sky or you know, uh, HX Stomp or a, a right. Full Helix or a Kemper, like you said, like you're basically buying a, a highly specialized computer in those cases, uh, you know. Um, well, the so parts, you, the, you the, the build, the design, everything. It. Yeah, it's like, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't blink when I needed to buy a new computer for me to do my work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It costs, it, it, I probably blew $2,500 that day with other stuff that I bought too. Um, yeah, I didn't blink. I didn't feel it at all, but I'll sit there and like stare at a pedal. And be like, is it, is it worth this? Oh, I kind of want it, but, and I'll like debate. And that's part, it's part of the entertainment. I mean, that's what yeah. all this is. It's all entertainment. People aren't buying $1,600, uh, $1,600 red llama pedals because they need it for a tool they're doing it because that's their fun right and and i think that's an, an interesting perspective you know um there are people who in the next year uh will probably go to the movies like 10 times or whatever mm-hmm. maybe more if they go to the one movie a month they're going to go to the movie movies like 12 times and they're going to buy 12 whatever fancy food because they're all going to go to like Sinopolis or whatever. So they're going to, it's order like, it's the boat argument 
too. It's like and, no one uh, no one throws tens of thousands of dollars into boats because they want to fish. They can go buy the fish. Yeah. You yes. know, they um, want and, they want the know, fun. They want the activity. They're gonna do. They're gonna do all of that. They're gonna go to their movies, and I'm gonna buy three delay pedals, and we're just gonna call it even. Right. All right. Let's wrap this up. We went long. <laughs> do you have any housekeeping to do? No, but uh, if you want to support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash 60 cycle humcast, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can support this program and help pay for StreamYard. Yeah, <laughs> which costs us 20 bucks a month. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, a song. We can play a song this episode. Oh. Sorry to, sorry to drop that on you last minute. Uh, we're not going to react. We're not, we're not going to react to it, but we'll play it at the end of the episode and play the credits for everyone. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, why don't we play? Are you taking a note? Are you going to take a note? I'll, this is my note, dude. I'm going to edit this. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to listen to this? Right. Well, just because you edit it doesn't mean you're going to listen to what I say. No, this is the part that I listen to at the end. I'm like, okay, what okay. song is it for me to pull? Uh, we're going to play a song by Levi Main. He says, hi, guys. I heard you mention the last several podcasts. You need songs. So I just finished mixing these for the debut album of my band, Blue Belly Junction. I thought I would share uh, the first link, which, oh, man, I think both of these sound interesting. Um, the first link is a song called Pork Hammer. Let's do that one. Pork hammer. Pork hammer. Guitars, pork hammer. Yes. Uh, for guitars, I use my D'Angelico hollow body, a Gibson J45, and my Epiphone Les Paul that I loaded with bare knuckle humbuckers. For amps, I used my Fender Bassman Marshall clone in a Jet City 20 watt head. Uh, I'm not going to talk about the second song because uh, because we're not going to play it. Um, at least we're not going to play it this time. I recorded it all on my iPad in my basement. Check out our website, bluebellyjunction.com. Thanks for the show. Keeps me occupied. A long-time listener, first-time subscriber. So thanks, Levi, for sending us a song. And yeah. uh, I'm sure we will enjoy it. I'm sure Ryan will enjoy it when he listens to it. Yeah. All right. Bye, everybody. Stay grounded. See ya. See ya.